The throwback is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. I was in Cleveland just a couple weeks ago, had a, a few with me, and we were able to head to Cleveland early have a good time at the Mooney lot, and then we fired up game time, and we were able to see the prices drop, check out the, the panoramic seat view to see where exactly you want to sit, what the views are going to be like. Uh, it's very simple, easy to tap checkout. It's not just sports either. Music, theater tickets, um, some of your favorite artists, theater shows, uh, the game time really is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the game time app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Please insert additional coin. It's You honor me with your presence. Grizzly D. How can one so tiny hurt so much? Game on and happy Thanksgiving week, everybody. Either happy Thanksgiving coming or happy Thanksgiving. Hope you had a good one, unless you're Chris, and then we're a month late. So like the rest of the Canadian people, <laughs> if it's Chris at Chris Meany, Brad at Brad Ziegler, I'm at All In Kid. It is... The throwback. It is on the Athletic Network. If you're out there on the free verse of the iTunes and the Stitchers and the Google Plays, make sure you're checking everything out over at the Athletic. It's theathletic.com slash name of the show, the throwback, and you get 40% off so you can check out all the other podcast articles, my rankings, get mad about those, but then you can be happy and go check out Chris's work. So there you go. Works out perfectly. So we're going to quick fire Thanksgiving because if you're listening to this on Thanksgiving Day or afterwards, you can just skip for, we'll say, Four minutes, maybe, maybe five. I don't know. Chris has time for them. <laughs> oh, good. That's right. First game, over it. Chicago at Detroit. Everybody's like, oh, I can't believe we're kicking off Thanksgiving. Well, hey, fantasy-wise, this is relevant. So I'm going to ask about two players, and it's the running backs. Chris, David Montgomery has not only been miserable because of the use. David Montgomery over the past three games has also been miserable as a player, as in he can't even get yards going. But he's facing Detroit, which is one of the best opportunities for running backs this season. On the flip side of the ball, you have Bo Scarborough, who looked very impressive in his first full start. He looked pretty impressive in his, you know, the, the fill-in for the week before. But he's facing the Bears defense. Who do you like more? And are either of them in the RB2 conversation? Yeah, I think at this point I like Bo slightly more just because at least he's just getting a, you know, he's been more efficient and he's getting a, the bulk of the work. I mean, Tariq Cohen is still involved even last week and when the Bears got to the red zone, I thought Dave Montgomery would come in. He had one rushing attempt, but other than that, it was just Tariq Cohen and then Trubisky ran one in himself. So I, I, I'm a little hesitant to start both, to be honest with you, with everybody back and they're not for sure RB2s for me. I know Montgomery's in a really good spot, but if I had to choose one or the other, I think I'm just going to go with the, the quote-unquote momentum and ride Bo. I got a question for you. If you're if you have Kalen Balaj on your team and he's playing against the Lions, do you start him? No. I feel like that's what we're looking at here. That's well, it's the same. It's David Montgomery is playing about as well as Kevin Kalen Balaj right now. So uh, I I don't want him. I don't want yards. anything to do with him. <laughs> it's not as bad as that, but it is bad. Oh yeah, he has I'm sorry, he has 1.8 yards of carry instead of 1.1. 1. 1. So that's yeah, my so, fault. So, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want anything to do with any um the 
Tariq Cohen's too volatile, and and Dave Montgomery. Um, I I I mean, I, I think he's droppable at this point. Really, even with the schedule down the stretch, it's you want to hold on just in case he turns it around this week. Uh, maybe I mean, but like, you're I mean, because I mean, holding, the Detroit, you have to hold him on to play him at this point. You have yeah, to hold him on to play him at this so, point because you can't trade well, him. Well, no. So let me ask you this, Brad. He has a, uh, there's good matchups the rest of the way, every single week. The Lions, you run on. Cowboys, they're middle of the pack. Packers are in the top five. Chiefs are in the top five. The Lions are the, actually the only team that's not in the top five out of those four are the Cowboys in the middle of the pack. So if he comes out and has a good game, hey, let's say he gets 18 touches, 80 yards, doesn't even score. Just that, 1880. Do you not roll him out against the Cowboys? Uh, only if I, Feel like he's better than what else I have. I mean, if you're desperate, I guess, but I, I mean, I feel like at this point in the season, I've probably got other guys that I trust more on my team than him. And even if he's, he's going to have to do a lot more than, you know, 80 yards and maybe a score, uh, for me to trust him, you know, going forward against one of the, that would be against one of the worst run defenses in football. So I don't want to trust him against the middle of the pack team at that point. Where do you have him, Jake? Are you, where do you have Montgomery? For this week? Yeah, RB2. Check the link. Are you going to make me check the link? <laughs> <laughs> yes, check it. I don't know every single person I ranked off the top of my head exactly you must, where they are. You I, must know. You must I, have an idea that he's a top 25 have, running back this week. I have an RB20. Okay. Ahead so, of Bo? Uh, four spots ahead of Bo. So my problem with Bo is, look, i got to be honest. If I'm going for the safe play, I, I'm definitely playing Bo. Yeah. There's no question yeah, about it. There's two things. This is half point PPR, and Bo basically gets he gets hit like Sony Michelle and the rest of them. Derrick Henry, even to a degree, uh, you know that's the yeah half point full point PPR. You're going to get it notched down. Uh, second problem is it's Patricia and it's this defense, and I just I don't trust Patricia as much as I don't trust David Montgomery and Matt Nagy. Just because if this is a down game, does it turn into JD McKissick? And I'm going to bring that up with another running back situation later in the show. But let's jump to the next one because, like I said, we don't want to spend too much time. And there you are, the Cowboys facing the Bills, and this is a tough week to get things right, Brad. Uh, you know, Amari Cooper <laughs> pulled an Amari Cooper on us, and you know, <laughs> part of it might be injury, but he doesn't get a bounce back opportunity because now he has to face Tre'Davious White and the Bills defense. So, is this going to be another down week for Dak Prescott? And is this, uh, if the case may be, another opportunity for just Randall Cobb, given Michael Gallup doesn't have much better than Tre'Davious White himself? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want anything to do with anybody in the Cowboys passing game this week. I'll take Dak just because I, you know, at this point in the season, you probably don't have anybody better, but this is not a good matchup in, in any sense of the word. A short week that's, you know, usually offense is depressed already and, and they're, you know, they got exposed pretty good last week by New England and, and there's, I think the Bills defense is equally as good as the Patriots. I know they, they didn't, they played a little tougher schedule, uh, so they don't have quite the same stats, but I think they're talent wise, they're just as good. They're really good in the secondary. I don't want anything to do with any of these receivers. I think it's a slightly a bounce back for Dak. And, you know, last week was New England and the weather was just awful. Dak is much better at home. He's averaging over 300 passing yards at home. He's been pretty poor on the road. We've talked about him on Monday. His games, Outdoors have been have been brutal. You can go back to last season. This is yeah. Well, well, he's the new and worst Drew Brees. Yeah, like, sure. Drew Brees, you know this, Chris, because we did shows back in the day. Brad, this is what I always said about him. Is like I thought I have always said Drew Brees got too much hate for the home road splits, and it's because if you looked at now, this is before this is going going back two years. Uh, the past two years have definitely been a different offense as a whole in general. But to go back before that, when people were talking about those splits. He was still great on the road. He was still averaging 290 yards and 1.8 touchdowns, right? I remember the 1.8 for some reason. But 
at home, he was averaging like 330 and 2.4. So it wasn't like he was not great on the road. He was just a god at home. So to your point, Chris, it's like Dak is what people thought Drew Brees was. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, 350 at home, his passing yards for game, 280 on the road last year, 236 on the road. So there's a large sample size there over the past couple of years of of Dak struggling on the road. Is that the answer going forward, Chris? Um, start him at home, fade him on the road. Like even like, would you start him on the road against the Dolphins? I kind of feel like you would, but yeah, yeah, I would. I mean, it's I, and I would. Outdoors and it's on the road. <laughs> yeah, and I would start him this week too. I and I know the Bills got a tough defense, but I still view him as a top twelve quarterback, a QB one. Um, you know, he's he's still been pretty productive. Yeah, Mari Cooper. I, He's very questionable whether I'd put this guy in my lineup or not. I understand he's Murray Cooper and he can have big games for you, but you could have some better options, some safer options. But All I right, still well, like Randall Cobb. Question. In this game, Dak Prescott or Josh Allen? I would go with the upside in Dak Prescott, absolutely. Brad? I'll take Allen. I, I think – I mean, he's got upside too, and I, I just – I don't – like I said, I don't think um, – I, I'm not saying Dak's not usable this week, but if I'm choosing between those two, I'm taking Allen. We saw John Brown really get shot. I mean, he had the touchdown late, but he got that was his worst game against the top corner. So I think Byron Jones will, you know, he'll probably have his way with John Brown. But I'll, I'll take the upside, and I still like no, Cobb. So I would start Cobb too, though. That's my last question in this game: Is John Brown after last week bad matchup? The Broncos saw a decent amount of Chris Harris. wasn't the entire game, but does the good game from John Brown against the Broncos alleviate concerns of benching him down the road, which is, as we know, one of the worst, if not the worst schedule, period? Yeah, I I would personally look for other options. Um, Still? Yeah, I mean, two catches for 39. Like I said, he had that touchdown last week, four targets. Dallas, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, New England. It's not good for John Brown. We've said this numerous times. I mean, this is you need a win right now, and I would look elsewhere for John Brown. Cole Beasley. Sure. He, he may be the, the answer because he, he gets the volume short passes that, that Josh Allen excels at. And, and he's been and, good lately. I mean, he was, he had nine, yeah, he's been really good in nine targets last week. So, yeah, I, I tried to take him over John Beckham. Brown. Revenge. Uh, I would play Odell. Who do the Browns play? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I'm just going John Brown. <laughs> yeah, I'll go John Brown too in that one. Allen Robinson or John Brown? Uh, he's got <laughs> Darius Slay. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. Slay's been Slay's been a beast. Um, I'll go John Brown. <laughs> it's like I you do almost forgot his last great. name. Yeah, because you hesitated. It was like I'll go John. Yeah, Stevenson? I mean when it when it comes to upside with Odell, I'm I'm gonna take Odell just because I feel like they could have similar lines. And all right, well here's another one. Then there's upside for you. The same last one, same game. John Brown or Amari Cooper versus Tre'Davious White, and also not healthy. I think I might go Brown there. <laughs> yeah, Brad? John Brown for sure. Ah, ha! I love it. Those part of me is grinning. Part of me is like, I can't believe we're we're back to this with Amari Cooper. All right, night game: Saints at Falcons. Should be a fun one. Should be. We've done this before and have played this dance, and it's not turned out that way. And part of it might be because at least, well, it sounds like Marshawn Lattimore is not playing. Also, sounds like we might not have Julio because the short week. He banged up in the game, didn't you know come back until late, and then when he did, he was a decoy. They get the 10 days because of this game. So if no Julio and no Marshawn Lattimore, Chris, I assume Calvin Ridley is a must-start, uh, but Russell Gage now in wide receiver three conversation. And 
Do we talk some Jaden Graham at tight end? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to go that desperate, but I mean, people out there could be in in that kind of situation, and you play in two tight end leagues. They're out there. I don't like to play oh, it myself, but they're out there. Uh, Russell Gage for sure. Absolutely. Um, I've, I have him in a couple spots just waiting to play him. I think now is the opportunity to play him. He's got 19 targets over his last three games. He's been a factor ever since they shipped uh, Mohamed Sanu over to New England. He's coming off an eight-catch game, playing the Saints, probably going to be playing from behind. Absolutely. Um, I'm into Russell Gage for sure, and you'd answer your original question. It's obvious. I think you got to roll out Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Yeah, Ridley, Ridley's a must-start, and, and if you've got some injury issues, I, I have no problem playing Gage. He's a lot of targets. Uh, he's been productive and and been pretty efficient with him too. Yeah, I, I'm not kidding about the the Jaden. No, I, I I mean I believe you. Yeah, I was, just, I was about to call him Jaden Smith, <laughs> Will Smith's son. <laughs> uh, Jaden, I have him at 21, and I have him two spots in front of. I'm going to jump down to a game, which we'll come back to and talk briefly about all, as well. But I'd play him over Gerald Everett because Gerald Everett not only banged up 20. Snaps or so last week. The, the switch has been made and now back to Tyler Higby. Maybe that is because of the injury, but just because he's facing the Cardinals, I'm not playing a banged up Gerald Everett who might not even get 20 snaps because that's even worse than the Tyler Eifert situation earlier this year, which I didn't want to do. Yeah, I 100% agree with you there. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people could get fooled into the matchup and see that Arizona's given up the most fantasy points to tight ends. Oh, it was one of the Everett. first questions in the comments, Chris. Why do you hate Gerald Everett this week? Yeah, I'm an, I'm an Everett owner, and he hasn't sniffed my lineup over the past couple of weeks, and there's no way I'm going to take that chance personally needing a win to get into the playoffs. So I, I wouldn't recommend it out there. I agree with you with Graham. Uh, there's a couple of Caden Smith I'd probably play. Over I'm Everett playing. as well. Um, Jason Witten, Griffin, 100%. Jack Doyle's in a good spot. So, yeah, I mean, got to be pretty desperate to play Everett, I think. Yeah, I I, I feel like you got to be pretty desperate for Jaden Graham also. But, also agree. But, uh, yes. you know, it's I'll still, I'll still, uh, well, you know, I, I think this is the week the Saints Brad. defense gets right. And, you know, on you, the short week. You do week, have to be they, desperate. Hold on. I was yeah. going to say, this is who he's, who, this, he's in front of Janu, Everett, Eifert, Hawkinson, who's also banged up, Irv Smith, Darren Fells, Braid, Higby, Watson. It's not like there's stellar names behind them, but, you know. Right. Well, let me go up two spots, and let me ask you this one, Brad. And, again, it's kind of jumping around for some of these games. But because it's Monday night football and you wouldn't be able to wait for the decision if we don't know on Sunday and the Giants play at 1 o'clock, or not the Giants, the Falcons play Thursday night. Well, I guess both of them. Caden Smith, let's bring them both into the conversation. Caden Smith, Jaden Graham. Or you wait and hope Adam Thielen sits for Kyle Rudolph because if Kyle Rudolph and Adam Thielen are on the field, it pretty much makes him irrelevant again, right? Uh, in theory, yeah, but I, I'd still play Rudolph in that scenario. Um, no, nah, it's not. I, I just don't. Yet. I don't trust either one of those guys. And <laughs> Seattle's Seattle's given up some passing yards. And even if at a minimum uh, they, you know, say Thielen gets a lot of catches and yards. Um, I, Rudolph is still a red zone target. There's still a chance that he just sneaks a touchdown in there, and, and that that alone might outscore those other two guys. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that, although I am interested in Caden Smith. You know what, to be honest, I might just take that upside in Smith. Come what, six targets, five catches last week? So, Jones Eric, seems you to wanna, like to throw to tight ends. <laughs> you want this? I'll give you guys both this, and I'll give everybody a little sneak peek into the article in case you're not behind the curtain over at The Athletic. And this is for what I put in the sleeper section for tight ends. It says Evan Ingram, Rhett Ellison, or Caden Smith, because one of them is blind. <laughs> and it doesn't sound like the first two, but just in case, you know, obviously they would be the ones over Caden Smith. But the last five games, these are the lines that they've given up to tight ends. 
6 for 129 and a touchdown, 8 for 98, 7 for 84, 4 for 63 and a touchdown, 2 for 24 and a touchdown, and 7 for 126 and two touchdowns. Now, here are the names, Kittle, Olsen, Henry, Kelsey, Moreau, and Waller. So it has been a hellish ride, but you do have Olsen and Moreau in that mix, and that averages out to 16.6 fantasy points per game. So even if... You know, they were talking Caden Smith. You know, he hopefully he can do the Greg Olson or Foster Moreau and at least get you 12. Yeah, I like it. Third most fantasy points allowed. And you go back to week four, Ertz and Goddard combined for nine catches and a touchdown as well. So, Right, it's been other yeah. people as well. Yeah, I'm into it. So the same side of things, That's I wasn't spending a lot of time because that's copy-paste and move on from there. You're gonna you, stop trying to pick Ted Ginn and Traquan Smith. You're going to pick it wrong. I did the same thing. Like it's, it was yeah, you're going to mess around with that week. game. No, no chance. <laughs> First game of the week we're getting to here. It just happens to be the first one on the schedule. Probably the first one I wanted to go to anyway for the fun of it, Chris. Andy Dalton, the Red Rifle, is back. Oh, baby. Undefeated against the Jets in his career. I know. So could they get their first win? But (laughs) Andy Dalton, Sam Darnold, head-to-head in this game. Here's the. I'm going to get to the quarterbacks in a second. So hold your guys. Brad, too. Hold your guys' opinions on the quarterbacks. Just hold it. Try to. Pretend. Just put it out of your mind. Forget it. (laughs) All right. Bengals, Joe Mixon. I know that I'm about to ask a question that's related to the quarterback, but I do, so let's still try. Joe Mixon, now against the Jets run defense, who has been playing extremely well, and Andy Dalton before, earlier this season, before Andy Dalton, Ryan Finley took over, Chris, Andy Dalton was kind of holding Joe Mixon back because he was passing so much. Are you pensive about using Joe Mixon despite his play over the past couple of weeks? Um, you know, I, I get the, another thing behind the curtain with the Hear That Podcast growling or the Bengals podcast. They talked a lot about this and I, and I still think, cause, cause you're dead on. I mean, Andy, when he was benched, he was top two in passing attempts. He was top two in sacks. They were just throwing the ball a ton and, and you know, Mixon wasn't getting any play at all. I mean, the most carries he had had with Andy under center was 19 and then you just go look 30, 15, 18. So they've really turned the page. I think that they're going to continue to run the football with Joe Mixon and you just saw Joe Mixon. I mean, he tweeted, LFG, let's go. Andy Dalton's <laughs> back. The team is pumped up. They're fired up. So I would play Joe Mixon. What does that mean? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I would play Joe Mixon. I'd play him over Bo and over Montgomery, for example. i put him in that mid-RB2 tier. I think he'll get 15 to 20 carries. I know it's tough against the Jets. I understand that. Really, really tough run defense, but I think he'll catch a few balls too. I, I don't think they'll turn away from Joe Mixon. I like him this week. Same, Brad? Uh, yeah, I'd put him as an RB two. You're not going to bench him. Um, you know, there, there's always the chance that even even if they're throwing a lot, he still might get a, a one yard touchdown here and there, and and could end up with three over touchdowns Bo? with, huh? Uh, I, over Bo for sure. Yeah, I, I've got Bo, Bo around, you guys might be probably wrong. around twenty twenty two something like that. <laughs> he doesn't deserve right. that nickname yet. That's not even a nickname. That's his name. I know. They just you it's can't true, slap true, on the true. nose is basically that's what, what, what you're saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Bo, <laughs> Bo doesn't know. Don't, if Bo doesn't know anything. Yeah. Bo doesn't know Bo if he's bar- going to get the ball at the five-yard line. Bo yeah, Bo – well, no, I think that's the only thing he does know. <laughs> it's <laughs> just the rest of it. Bo doesn't know much. How about that? Is that, is that better? Yeah, I like it. All right, so in this same game, this is now Tyler Boyd. And, so Auden Tate, they, people kept blasting me for, why are you ranking him so close to Tyler Boyd? I'll tell you why. Because Tyler Boyd had two great games with Andy Dalton, at quarterback, once Auden Tate became a starter in week three. And the rest were like three, five. There was like a nine mix in there. But 
that's he's all over the map. Auden Tate, every single game scored between seven and twelve fantasy points. Not a great ceiling. It's not the Tyler Boyd ceiling. But if you also look at their numbers, all those games played with Andy Dalton, their receptions while Tate's is uh, higher or no, Tate's are lower. He has more yards, and they both only had one touchdown. So Auden Tate and Tyler Boyd should they be just basically ranked back to back, Brad? Uh, that, that's probably fair. I, I'd probably put Boyd a touch higher than you just, or at least, let's put it this way, i put the gap between them a little more, um, just because I, I do want to respect his ceiling that he has. At the same time, yeah. I, there's a good chance they could end up really close, really close together. So, um, you know, the, having another weapon on the other side definitely makes Tyler Boyd better, even though Tyler Boyd has shown at times he can be really good. Auden, Auden Tate was, was nothing last week, and Tyler Boyd still went over 100 with a score. So, um, and that was with Finley quarterback. And so I, I think there's a chance this week they, like, this offense really opens up. The Jets are, I mean, you can pass on the Jets. That's, that's what you have to do to beat them most of the time. There's a good chance that both these guys end up with big games. Yeah, I would have Boyd just slightly higher for sure. Uh, I think this is a, a, a big positive that he's going to get Andy Dalton back. Just look at the first few games of the season when he was eight catches, 10, 6, 10. Like, those were some monster games that he had. Auden Tate was getting a, a boatload of targets as well, and he was pulling down some. And this guy's got some decent hands. I mean, his catch radius yeah. is pretty solid uh, for Auden Tate. But I, I'm going to get too cute this week, and I know it. I can already feel it playing guys like Tate, Randall Cobb, Russell Gage. But I, I think <laughs> as a flex, sure, he, he'll probably get five or six grabs, Tate, I think. Yeah, I actually, I, I do have – Boyd in the mid-20s and Tate in the mid-30s. The yeah, thing I with Boyd, better. I said this on the ranking show, the problem with Boyd is mid-20s, it's not correct. I can promise you it's not correct. He's either too low or too high. That's who Tyler Boyd is. He's not Basically, he's not going to finish wide receiver 26. That doesn't happen. That's just not who basically, he is. Basically, you don't want to take a stand is what you're saying. No, I just – this is who Auden Tate is. It's the Sean Jackson. It's like trying to predict the Sean Jackson is his prime. Like, leave it for somebody. If he's your wide receiver three, thumbs up all day long. My problem was the people that have him as a wide receiver two. And that's what – and he's just Boyd, outside of being Boyd a Boyd you're talking two. about? Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. Uh, on the flip side of the ball, I begrudgingly did it, and I feel like he is going to – I'm, I'm letting you guys know this. Monday, Chris, Chris, show starts. I'm going to jump in and say he's now in worst place before you can even get rolling. Because if Robbie Anderson, as I'm ready to buy back in, pulls a Jared Cook on me, he's going to be with Jared Cook, and he's going to be with uh, – who else did I used to have there? Oh, well, Mari Cooper used to be there before this year with the – oh, oh, T- Tavon Austin. If he if he bombs against the Bengals after not wanting to get involved after one catch, six yards, and a touchdown the week before, and then he goes off last week, and now he's got the Bengals this week, and Sam Darnold's been looking great, I'm, he's dead to me. Dead. Yeah, I mean, he, he's he been very disappointing, we'll say that. I think we can all say that with confidence, that even in some, some soft matchups like Miami, two for 33, the Giants, one for 11, Washington, one for six. I know that, that one he, he took to the house, but and now he's coming off the game where he had 86 yards and one catch – one touchdown, so everyone wants to just roll him out there. I don't know. I get Disappointment's it. Coming. Yeah, I, I don't think I'll do it. I'll be honest. I don't think I'm going to go down that road. I think it's going to be really. Uh, You're yeah. not even going to start him. No, I mean I don't own him anywhere. Um, do you know I where I have him? Cut ties a long time ago. No, I don't. Yeah, well, uh, guess wide receiver thirty four. No, Brad. Uh, twenty six. No, <laughs> nineteen. Holy. That's fair. I I can see. Well, I, I mean, I can see him definitely being a top twenty guy this week. I mean, the Bengals defense was sucks top in ten general. last week. Yeah, and he, he that's the thing. He's coming off a really good game against the Raiders, who have a, a similar defense to the to the 
you know, to the no, Bengals. So. Because exa- here's how do you beat the Jets? You beat the Jets through the air. You beat the Jets also with Andy Dalton's going to throw the ball 40 times. The pace is going to be picked up. The Jets are going to throw the ball. I, I, I'm painting the whole scenario of like there are so many check. Like you go down the list, give me a check mark in the negative column for Robbie Anderson. Uh, you're, you're, you can't use he's been such a disappointment. Because that's the only thing you can say to this point. So that's why I'm saying there's only positives you can spill out for Robbie Anderson this week, and now he's going to let us down. So I'm, I'm with you. I, I hate doing it. I told everybody I don't want to rank him there, but this is this is what we're at. So let's talk about the quarterback. Sam Darnold, same thing. I hate Sam Darnold, mostly because he's doing the exact same thing as Robbie Anderson does. And surprisingly enough, Robbie Anderson's been tied to Sam Darnold for most of the year, not the entire season. But going against the Bengals, Andy Dalton's back. Who do you want to start more, Sam Darnold or Andy Dalton, Chris? Uh, Sam. He kissed a girl the other day. He's feeling himself. Uh, six <laughs> touchdowns over his last he two games. He kissed game. the girl and he liked it. <laughs> it's just more upside. You to get mono again. I know. What's that girl thinking right now? <laughs> I was, I was talking. Everyone, I wasn't even thinking I don't even know why it's a story. <laughs> it's a story. I don't know why it's a 22-year-old kid playing in the NFL and he won a football game. Let him be. But the biggest question, yeah, you're right, Brad, should be directed towards the girl. Like, did you know he had mono? Uh, recently. <laughs> but I think there's more upside with Sam Darnold. I mean, his weapons, Jamison Crowder, Lev Bell, you like Robbie Anderson as a top 20 wide receiver. I mean, I think I don't like it. Well, <laughs> you got him in there, that's for sure. You probably got him in there against some big names that were in some tough spots, but um, I, I honestly think it's going to be Lev Bell. He's certainly trending up lately, catching a few passes. I mean, you if you look at the Bengals overall, they've been pretty good against the pass, and you just wonder if that's because teams are just absolutely crushing them against the run. They're they're turning, they're getting turnovers, they're getting themselves in good field position, and, and they're leaning on the run and just running down Cincinnati's throats. But I, I've liked what I've seen from Bell over the past couple weeks, so I think it's going to be a Bell game. I think he touches the ball twenty plus times, and that's yeah, kind and of I, why I'm hesitant with everybody else. Yeah, so I. I'm putting my money where my mouth is here. I am in a league where I it's a must-win week for me. I'm, I've been streaming quarterbacks since halfway through the season since I, I traded Deshaun Watson away, and I am playing Sam Darnold this week. I and and uh, Andy Dalton is sitting on the bench or on the mm. on the waiver wire. He's available as a free agent, but I'm taking Darnold. I think Darnold has a big week this week, uh, similar to what he did last week. He's a top. I can see him being a top six quarterback again, and that's that's something I I want to jump all over the upside on. So I'm glad you brought up that name. Let's jump to that game. Let's talk about Houston and New England. I know it's the night game, but you said Deshaun Watson, so I have to ask this. Something I tweeted out yesterday, guys. So you guys know I do adjusted points aloud, which is APA. It's on the website. It comes out Wednesdays, midnight, so it'll be there for you guys. It's a very useful tool. For quarterbacks, the difference in the league average for adjusted fantasy points allowed for the Patriots is minus 8.4. The next closest is Baltimore, minus 5.7. Deshaun Watson, is he a QB1? Because what this is telling us and what this, this is designed to do and why I created this, and a lot of sites have it, I'm not the only one, is basically this is telling you that the average performance for an average quarterback should be blank, which is 17 fantasy points. So Deshaun Watson is facing the norm, should be whatever he faces. If he averages 22 points per game, he's facing Minnesota, which happens to be the 16th team. He should score 22 points. If he faces Arizona, which is plus 9.2, on average, he should score 29. Well, if you take away 8 points from 20, on average, he should score 12 against the Patriots. So, again, I asked the question, Brad, is Deshaun Watson a QB1 this week? 
I don't think so. And I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rank him as, as a bottom QB one because of, you know, the, he's at home, a potential blow up game. Um, you know, having Will Fuller healthy, obviously last week it changed this offense quite a bit. Um, at the same time, the, the way you beat New England is running. I actually think this is a week that Carlos Hyde has a big week and, and that they're gonna have to run the ball if they stay in this game because they, I mean, the Patriots just shut down Dak Prescott. I know the weather was a little tough. Um, but it was, that's, they're not, you know, they're not that dissimilar of a quarterback. And I just think that, that they've got a good plan. And really in the passing game, you need to shut down two guys. You shut down Hopkins, you shut down Fuller. The Patriots can, if, if they try to take away both those guys, then there's no one else in, in Houston that can beat you. And so I think there's a really good chance this is the Carlos Hyde week. Imagine a week to get into the playoffs and sitting there at home thinking, oh. Goff has been so brutal. Oh, he's got Arizona. Derek Carr against KC. Ryan Tannehill, a top five quarterback since he's been in the league. You play them over over these guys. Deshaun Watson, Nick Foles against Tampa. I mean, it's so risky. I I, I have him as as QB eleven, um, and maybe it's out of respect for the the quote unquote fantasy pros game. But honestly, if if I drafted him, I don't have him anywhere. But if I drafted him where I have him and knowing his upside, I'm probably just playing him over. And Nick Foles, a Josh Allen, a Jared Goff for Ryan Tannehill. I, I'm probably just doing it, but I mean, it's nine points, you know, to use your method. Mm. I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, just played Baltimore a couple weeks ago and didn't get there. I, I, so, I see like 14, 14, 15 fantasy points with obviously upside to, to get to 20. Two things you said, by the way, shout out Chris Meany finished number one and number so, one overall. Back back after Brad show. finished number one, so I guess the pressure's on me this week. <laughs> well, you're consistently in the, in the locked in. In the top one. 25. Yeah, yeah, the top I, 10 on the season. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I fell to 10. Somehow, I have a fine week. It wasn't amazing, but I don't, I don't understand. It. I'm, I'm done trying to figure it out. I, I fell three <laughs> spots despite having a good week. Here's the weirdest one. I don't even care about that. I had a solid week and fell three spots. Whatever. Jeff Ratcliffe, friend of the show, friend of ours, he finished third overall and dropped a spot. Like, it doesn't make what? sense. Yeah. <laughs> that math does not compute. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. There's not enough hours in the day to try to figure out the, the method. No. And I will say something, too, on a side. And it, it, this is not for me as much as, like, you know, Brad's not where I'm at and Chris is not where I'm at. This is not say, like, oh, I'll look at me. I'm better than them by four, blah, blah, blah. Somebody brought this up in the comments because they said, oh, you still have DeAndre Hopkins inside the top five this week. I think you're the only person I've seen. And I said, look, this is my initial run of projections. I'm going to spend a lot Wednesday digging into this because this is a huge matchup. This is a huge question mark. I don't think anybody has the ability to sit DeAndre Hopkins. But if you're talking about ranking somebody, it's still going to come down to, you know, there might be some split decisions. You might be in a shallow 10-team, two-wide receiver league, all that being said. The push – I was just saying that and explaining that. And he came back and he was like, you know, I wasn't trying to say it was a bad ranking. And he said something we talked about on the show that I did with – Pat was either ranking show or something else. And for you guys, he said it was – you know, you talked about Saquon Barkley not being inside the top 10. And he appreciates that we – don't just try to rank to consensus because that's how you can win the game. Like you can game that fancy pro system, but the truth is what we're doing in the show, like Brad sitting here saying, you know, I'm not touching David Montgomery. You know, Chris and I are like, yeah, I'll start him against the lines, but this is why you decide whether or not to listen to this. This is why you get the best advice possible because we're not going to sit here and be like, well, we're going to kind of rank him close to consensus so we can finish high in accuracy. Right. No, I agree hundred percent. And at the end of the day, you have to make your, your own decision, but I would never tell anyone to bench DeAndre Hopkins. I honestly, I wouldn't. I mean, 
rank him five, rank him nine, rank him ten. Um, if I have DeAndre Hopkins, I'm playing this guy, and I understand the matchup across the way. But you could also move Hopkins around a little bit to to try to avoid him from Gilmore. You can get him some slant pass, some slant, some just get him involved, right? I mean, bubble screens, anything, just to get this guy involved. Get the ball in the hands of your best player, DeAndre Hopkins. And you know what? He hasn't been a factor down the field, anyways. Most of his catches have been short passes, so he could come away with eight or nine grabs for 40 yards. And you're in a full point PPR league, you could take that move on. Yeah, and this is yeah, this is one of those. Just like you said, he's done it earlier this year. He had a stretch: five for forty, six for sixty-seven, five for forty-one. Like that—that's the kind of game you could see him having here. He's going to get a few catches. The—the the question is, is he going to get the you know anything in, in the red zone, in the end zone, where all of a sudden his his score really bumps up like he did last week? He went six and ninety-four last week, but the two touchdowns are what made him you know a, a top three receiver for the week. Yeah. So two things about this, and first, so Jeff Howe, our, our Patriots rep over here at the Athletic, tweeted out two things two days ago about this Stephon Gilmore or DeAndre Hopkins matchup. To your point, Chris, two games against DeAndre Hopkins in the past two seasons: six completions, nine targets, 85 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception, one breakup, and a pass interference penalty, a 57.4 passer rating. Basically, shut down. Mm. Uh, on the other side of it, too. This was this one made me laugh. Stephen Gilmore has been in coverage for eight consecutive incompletions. Yes, eight consecutive incompletions when he's been thrown at. That's the only that's the only times he's even been thrown at with one interception and three pass pass breakups. He tweeted this: If you try, if you have a child who's only three weeks old, they live in a world where Gilmore has not given up a completion. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I mean Gilmore is I mean, he's a beast. He's awesome. Yeah, there's. And no one's denying that. And it's, they're going to try to find ways to get DeAndre Hopkins involved. But in reality, like he's not going to have, he's, it's, it's extremely unlikely he's going to have that monster game that puts him as a top five receiver. No, right. It's not going to be a monster game, but I'm kind of more on the side that, look, Will Fuller's off my radar. Any the extraneous parts, those are off the radar. Like Hopkins can get his by, to your point, Chris, moving him around and finding a way and forcing him, forcing him, forcing him. Maybe, you know what? Maybe Deshaun Watson just ignores him. Like Baker Mayfield did for a while with Odell Beckham and all of a sudden it does turn into a Will Flair game. We're all ticked off about it, but you know, them's the breaks. Brad, maybe it's a Duke say. game. Hey, maybe it, Duke catches a few passes. Kenny you know, Stills like is very visible or somebody. Hey, like it, hold, on, it, yeah. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You know what wasn't a Duke game? Every Last game. night, baby! Last night. Oh. oh, yeah, that's right. Big <laughs> Even at Boston. Oh, man. And Duke! Was, uh, and I saw Cameron. a stat. That was, Duke had won 150 straight games at home against non-conference imp- opponents. That's unbelievable. I saw that. Yeah, that and was nasty. And it, it goes down in overtime. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, I was, look, I don't even care. Like, I hate court rushing. So, but, <laughs> because, only because it's overdone. Look, if you're not ranked and you beat a top five team, Rush the hell out of the court. If it's a rivalry you haven't beat in 10 years, rush the court. Although my biggest problem with that is like some of those kids don't, aren't even relevant to what the, the streak is. <laughs> I would have, I don't care if I would have been arrested. If you're a fan that happened to travel with Stephen A. Austin, I don't care if there's only 15 of you. You better run that damn court over for beating Duke and Duke last <laughs> the night. The Lumberjacks are still partying this morning, guaranteed. Oh my yeah. God. That was yeah, so they're not in school, so what's the point? Yeah. That's true. All right, we're gonna get back on track. (laughs) Less than thirty minutes here. You brought up Tannehill, Chris, and somebody said, "Ah, still not a Tannehill believer because I don't have him inside my top twelve and inside my top fifteen because I am still hesitant on Tannehill." But it's not so much Tannehill as it is his weapons are still questionable because AJ Brown's been doing a hell of a lot with little. Let's and give him credit for it, but it's not like he's getting 
eight, nine, ten targets a game. Corey Davis is essentially he's. I have a feeling he's going to need a new team to revitalize his career, or maybe he does the Devonte Parker, and we're talking about him in two seasons. But also on the flip side of it, the Colts defense is pretty solid against the pass. I mean, they've only given up two really big games to quarterbacks. I think one of them was Patrick Mahomes. So it's on the road. No, Mahomes sucked against them. It was it Ms. Holmes sucked and it must have been yeah. was, was it Watson? It was, uh, anyway. it was early on in the year. Watson I'm actually looking at it right week. now. Rivers week one and Matt Ryan week three, but pretty steady sense. There you go. Yeah. Did, didn't they face Watson once already though? Uh, they did. They just faced Watson. The Colts. Last yeah. Week. Oh, that's what you said, Brad. They just faced Watson. Yeah. That was. But that was a solid game. He almost had 300 yards against them. So anyway, point being made. You roll out. Tannehill? I mean, you brought him up, Chris. Is, <laughs> yeah. Is, I, I, is, now that this is your boy. He, it's my boy, Tannehill. All the Titans will take them all in. Um, you know, I've actually been pretty impressed with Tannehill. I've been rolling him out in your flex league. I've been playing him as a, a second quarterback in, in super flex leagues. But I, I still don't view him as a top 12 quarterback. You're right. I mean, it, people are – I guess some people will, will question where you have him in rankings and what he's done lately. But does anybody really believe in Tannehill? Does anyone really – feel confident throwing this guy out there considering that it's really just the Derrick Henry show and it's been the Derrick Henry show all season long. So, I mean, he could come away with two passing touchdowns <laughs> is what, what's he, what he's done. Um, I don't view him as a, as a QB one. For example, I'm not going to play him over Deshaun Watson. If you want to play him over Deshaun Watson, go for it. Um, if you have that, those two options and you want to want to do it, go ahead. But I will play Watson. I think he's, I think he's a fine quarterback though. He's, 15, top 15 quarterback. So I have a completely different question for you on the same matter, Brad. All right? All right. So the, you're the athlete of the show. Is it possible Tannehill was, was just – ru- By the way. <laughs> Is it possible that you the culture – uh, like the the where he was the team the like everything like is it possible that it's just he was ruined by playing for the Dolphins and it's just this is his first real opportunity to be who he is? Yeah, it's very possible, and it's also I mean he had some good seasons in Miami where there was like okay he's ready to take this next step forward and and become a you know a, a top half quarterback. And that, you know, that never happened. But at the same time, he had, you know, moments of really, really good. And he's been really good this year. Every single start. I mean, he, the one game he had one, he only had one touchdown. He also rushed a touchdown in. Last week, he had two rushing touchdowns in addition to a, two passing touchdowns. There's, there's, he also provides you a little bit of a rushing floor. The last three games, 38, 37, and 40 on the ground. Like there's, there's potential, you know, that's, that's, it's not Lamar Jackson, obviously, but it gives you a, a little bit of a floor to go with the fact that he's producing multiple touchdowns every single game. Two touchdowns, three touchdowns, two touchdowns, two touchdowns, four touchdowns. Yeah, I want him in there. And I, I do think he has a top 12 quarterback this week. And this is actually, outside of the Buccaneers, this is actually the worst pass defense he's faced since he's been been in the you know in the starting role he's had the Chargers, the panthers the chiefs and the jags who fantasy point wise are all in the top 10 in in least points allowed to a quarterback so and some of that has to do with how good you know teams run against those teams but the bottom line is quarterbacks don't score and he is he's still scoring against them now he's got the colts who are 16th best i want to i want to play him this week i think he's a top half quarterback hmm. all right Let's move on to the next game then. And the Eagles, your Eagles. And, uh, ooh. ah, the Dolphins. Stumped, are you? I just, 
Well, because I, I don't know. I'll just ask you this question: Is Carson Wentz benchable even against the Dolphins? And that's why, because it's kind of a rever- it's kind of a negative reversed question. That's why I was trying to I was yeah, stumped. You know, so it was because it's like he's benchable, but is he still benchable? Because we've already established Carson Wentz is benchable. Like we've established he's been looking miserable. This team's miserable. If Alshon Jeffrey is back. Do, do you put Carson – like, everything we've seen, do you put Carson Wentz back at your quarterback position? I think it's just too much – there's too much risk. Uh, you know, he's dealing with a bruised hand now. Um, I, he hasn't looked good. This, it is positive news that Lane Johnson looks like he's going to return this week. I mean, they cut Jordan Matthews basically after the game. He doesn't know how to run routes. So it makes me think potentially that Alshon could return this week. Um, and maybe they were just really kind of saving Alshon for this soft part of the schedule down the stretch and, and looking ahead to that Dallas game week 16. But I think there's just too much risk involved. Like Tannehill is a guy that would rather start over over Carson Wentz. I mean, honestly, the only eagle I'm going to play is, is Zach Ertz. And if you're in a crazy deep league and a tough spot, a tight end, Dallas Goddard. I mean, those are the only two Eagles that are coming near my lineup. Even Miles Sanders, I have some concerns with. Uh, if Jordan Howard returned, I'd play him for sure. But, yeah, no, Carson Wentz is – Nick Foles play him. Goff, Cousins, Brissett, Darnold easily. These guys are all getting my lineup over Wentz. Okay, so I, I'm going to be the the other side of it here. I've got him as a top five quarterback this week. Holy. I, I think – I know. And I, I know we haven't seen that yet. But he was not bad last week. He had a – the issue last week was the fumbles. He had a couple turnovers one or a couple interceptions. One of them should have been a catch. And that's what he's dealt with all year. They're top three in drops in the league, league, and he and he's been playing with no weapons around him. I mean, last week his his number one receiver last week outside of Ertz. I mean, I know Goddard had eight targets, seven catches, thirty-two yards, wasn't doing anything downfield. But Greg Ward was his best receiver, and until that happened, I had no idea who Greg Ward was. And so it, it just makes me feel like if he gets Jeffrey back and if he gets Aguilar back, and then they start, you know, then that opens up the field a little bit more for Ertz. They hopefully get Jordan Howard back also, which I don't, you know, who knows if that's going to happen. But if there's a chance that it does, then, then I think this is a week that if he's going to have a good week, it's this week. And, and, you know, everybody's proven that against the Dolphins. I've got him as a top five quarterback and I have no problem running him out there. Hmm. If those weapons come See? back, it's a different story. But eight turnovers in his last five games, five fumbles. I mean, he just, he Brad does shook. not give a damn about your accuracy. He's going to do it. I, <laughs> I just think I like it. I just think the he has. Stones, I like it. He he hasn't had an opportunity. It's not been fair. Last week he didn't have the whole right side of his offensive line. He was running for his life. He, he's they're trying to let him force him to win the game. I mean they they didn't even run the ball. They ran the ball eighteen times last week with running backs in a close game, like a game that they you know could have theoretically run the ball against Seattle, especially when they had no passing weapons. And, and they're trying to just say, Carson Wentz, go win the game, but we're not going to give you any receivers outside of Zach Ertz. And I don't, like, I don't think it's been a fair chance for him with no offensive line, no receivers. I think this is a week that if everybody comes back, he gets Lane Johnson back, gets a couple of those receivers back, I think it's a lot different weekend, and I could see him getting four or five touchdowns this week. All right, quick answer version. Miles Sanders with no Jordan Howard. Top what? Top. 25 back. Miles Sanders? Uh, yeah. Do you say if no Jordan Howard? Yeah. Uh, no Jordan Howard? Yeah, he's top top 20. Revenge Jai. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say uh, Revenge Jai? <laughs> yeah. You, you laugh, but Doug Peterson is a, a sick, twisted man. It wouldn't be shocked no, if a Jai I mean, came just... away with 14 carries in this game. I would not be shocked at all. Actually, he uh... looked pretty good last week. He did. He ran. He had a couple nice. Yeah, runs. Boston. Boston Scott was mixed in. 
whatever. But he, I mean, no, uh, you, you're right. He asked you're right. He was a little mixed in, but he wasn't towards the end of the game. It was more Ajayi. And in fact, the Eagles started to turn to the run. They probably should have ran the ball a little bit more. Uh, I know they're forced towards the end of the game, but I wouldn't be shocked if Ajayi, I know it's disgusting, guys, and I'm not telling anyone to start a Jai, but this is just it. You, Jake, you've talked about this so many times with the Eagles. We've been down this road before. A Jai is going to touch the ball ten times this weekend. Maybe. <laughs> Dollar bet. Well, maybe. We'll find out. Dollar All right. Let's, we will find out. That's for sure. I'll put a loogie on your dollar. Let's How about that? Now it's like two seventy-five. dollars <laughs> Whoa, not that much. But... All right. Uh, Green Bay at the Giants. Packers. You know the answer. Giants. Mm, I mean, here, okay, here's the only question we really have for the Giants. One, Chris, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slate, and Golden Tate all play. How do you rank them? And then your confidence level. If no Tate, where do you rank them and what's your confidence level? Same question for you, Brad. Um, Try to keep your answer short. Yeah, confidence level is not high, to be honest with these guys. I think if they're all healthy, I would go Tate. Uh, Shepard, Slayton, and if there's no Tate, I would go, I would just keep it the same, Shepard, Slayton, but I think the, the touchdown upside lies with Slayton. Um, he's been getting some red zone looks, and I, I, I would like him a lot more if there's no Tate. Right. Yeah, so, the, the one, the one thing I will say about the Packers defense, overall, they're not very good uh, against fantasy quarterbacks, but they've never given up this massive blow up game. It's always like this, uh, quick game. So, I, I don't, um, I, I'm not confident this week with any of the Giants receivers having a huge game. That being said, all of them are, I've got all of them in like the wide receiver three range. So, um, the, if I'm, if I'm ranking, I'm going to go Tate, Shepard, Slayton, but they're all pretty close and I don't, like, I'm not really confident playing any of them. They're due. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Barkley too. Good. Yeah, let's get back to the Cleveland and Pittsburgh game. Cleveland, same. We kind of know the answers over there. So let's talk about Pittsburgh. And the one thing that we do need to talk about, actually, I guess, too, is we got Devlin Hodges, a quarterback. Although, look, you're starting Juju Smith-Schuster. He's kind of in that conversation of, look, if it wasn't for the name on the jersey, probably benchable in most leagues. But you're going to roll him out there, at least as a wide receiver three. We can say that. James Washington, that'll be your call. You know the boomer bust play there. It's wide receiver four. If you want to go for the home run, if you don't want to risk a zero, there's your answer there. So the only question we really have that doesn't lean itself in that direction is Benny Snell now. Uh, Brad, Benny Snell last week led the way. You guys know how I feel about this. We talked about him on the waiver show. My feeling is that he's very Jordan Howard-like, but that can work. Here's the concern. I told you earlier in the show, I said there was a concern that I had for both Scarborough that leans more toward another running back even more so, and is Benny Snell, because last week we didn't say Jalen Samuels. We didn't see Jalen Samuels a lot early. We didn't see Jalen Samuels in general because they were winning. It wasn't a blowout win, but what if the Browns get up early? What if the Browns, with the way that they've been playing, get up early, and all of a sudden it is a Jalen Samuels game? And I ask you that question to say, is Benny's gel, Benny Snell safe getting 20 touches, or is that Jalen Samuels' concern in your mind and you're throwing out last week because of the game flow? No, I, I think I think there's a good chance that Benny Snell still gets 20 touches, and there's also a chance that Jalen Samuels, uh, you know... Now you have it, to pick one. I, if, okay, so if I'm picking one, I'm playing Benny Snell because Jalen okay. Samuels is not getting not getting any kind of goal line work. Um, but I do think there's a chance that he still has a decent game because Devlin Hodges is not a deep ball thrower. They, he's going to check down quite a bit. It's it's a lot different game uh, with him in there than Mason Rudolph, who will check it downfield just completely inaccurately. So it, it's it's uh, you know I think it's I w- I definitely put Benny Snell over Jalen Samuels, but I think they're both potentially playable if you got some injury issues. 
Yeah, I'd lean Snell too. It's a, it's a great question, Jake, because if you do paint that game script where Cleveland does get up, <laughs> um, I'm sure a lot of people are wondering the same thing. That's why, right? Benny Snell is this hot new waiver wire toy. What do you do with, with Benny Snell? You, you put him in there. But I think in the two games that he started where Connor hasn't been around, I mean, 17 for 75, 21 for 98. I mean, it's pretty solid. I, I agree with Brad. I don't know if he's going to get 20 touches, but I think he gets, I think he gets 15. I think that's the game plan to, to run the football here i think it's going to be a low scoring game it's going to be a grind I mean, you can run on cleveland right i mean in terms of fantasy points allowed top 10 allowed to to running backs and rushing yards allowed the eighth most right 124 rushing yards allowed per game so i don't mind snell i'd play him over samuels i i just think samuels is too risky at this point and if they do get in the red zone brad's right it, it, it will be snell yeah all right next game moving on uh, let me find one question in this game. I do have one question in this game. And I actually have two questions in this game. We're, this, we're now the rapid fire section. Darius Geis against the Panthers. Panthers, one of the worst run defenses in the league. They've given up the most rushing touchdowns. They just lost on Terry Poe. Darius Geis, Chris, RB3, boomer bust. Would you rank him higher or lower or? That's it. That's yeah, that's it. Like three, like he's not coming near my lineup. No chance. I'm rolling the dice. Oh, really? Washington offense and Geis. Yeah, I'm not doing it. No way. Adrian Peterson. I'd rather catching balls last last week when they were. Ro- Wait, hold on. I'd rather roll him out than Jalen Samuels. I know he's at least going to get a sure. dozen touches. Yeah, I have. I'm no interest. I'm not interested in Samuels either. Yeah, you're going to get a dozen touches. Seven for twenty-four. Ten for thirty-two. If you're happy with five to seven fantasy points, sure. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Anything to add, Brad, or do you want the other question? No, give me the other one because the you, Panthers yeah, and Lions you, you are about get, the same. You get you get the other question. <laughs> Curtis Samuel, just drop him at this point. Ooh, yeah, yeah, I, you can't trust him, and with no one on by, um, you don't throw him in there. You you know he, he's he needs Cam Newton to be to be fantasy viable. He's been a yeah. I bring that up because yeah, and that's the, a lot of people are asking if I pick up Betty Snell, if I pick up Darius Guys, and these are running backs. Like I even pick up Darius Guys over. Curtis Samuel because running backs are so hard to find right now that if you fall into one, I mean, look for the people last week or two weeks ago, the Bar- Bo Scarborough, Jonathan Williams, like you're like, hey, I'll take a chance. You know, maybe you get the Brian Hill, but that's two out of three that worked out the other way, so you got to take your chance on that one. Ronald Jones, guys, versus the Jaguars. Are you doing it? I'm not. <laughs> no. Yeah, we can't. We can't recommend Ronald Jones to anybody, but I mean, if you have this guy, Darius guys or Ronald Jones. I would play Ronald Jones because Brad? the offense is – the ceiling Jones. is higher in, in the offense, right? Tampa's probably – Is it? Sc- it is. Washington, they don't score any points. They're coming off a win. Dwayne Haskins out taking selfies with the fans. <laughs> yeah. The game's not even over. I know. Good for Haskins. <laughs> um, this is a feel-good moment for Dwayne Haskins to come back on the Lions and get it done. But they still scored fewer than 20 points. So with Ronald Jones, I mean, against the Jags – you know, you look at some of the decent games that he's had. I mean, he's had at least 14 fantasy points in three of his last four because he's found the end zone. I mean, you're you're just hoping at that point. But he catch a few balls for you. And I think the ceiling's higher with Jones. So I'll go that with Jones over guys. <laughs> it's not great. You don't feel uh, good about it. On the Jaguars side, pick the wide receivers. Well, rank the wide receivers. Chark, Conley, and Didi, Brad. Uh, I'll I'll go. I mean, Chark's obviously number one. Um, give me, uh, give me Didi, um, over, over Conley. Conley's the, the big play, you know, Deshaun Daxon type. I know he can do some stuff underneath, but, um, give me Didi over Conley for volume. I agree with that. I'd play them all. Okay. I'd play them all. Like Pokemon? Oh, all yeah. Right. 
<laughs> 49ers or Ravens. Like, if you don't know what you need to know about the Ravens at this point, I mean, I'm including the wide receivers. Don't know what to tell you. 49ers, kind of the same thing, except for here's the only question I have for you guys for the 49ers. Matt Breida, if he plays, would you risk him against Baltimore? First question. If he doesn't play, would you risk Mostert? I mean, we're talking about the backup running back. It's, Ty- it's Kyle Shanahan. There's value, but not a great matchup. Chris. Uh, no, I wouldn't play either of them. Um, even when Brita comes back, I just don't know what kind of workload he's going to get. I don't love the matchup. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, at least from San Fran's side of things. I don't think they're going to put up a lot of points. So, no, I'm not I'm not going to risk Mostert or Brita. It has to be 14, 16-team leagues for me. Yeah, I'm not playing either one. I'm not even – I don't even think I'd play Tevin Coleman. Um, I, I think they're going to have <laughs> yeah, to pass to win this game. Yeah, I Coleman either, actually. All right, well then, Brad, would you play Arizona running back against the Rams? Uh, yeah, I'll play King Drake for sure. Um, you know he for they, sure. For Is sure, there, uh, I, no, I would play no him over. I will, I will, I will play King and Drake. I will play King and Drake over any of the 49ers running backs. Mm, would you do the Even same? I I, th- I think I would play Tevin Coleman ahead of him. You're right. They're probably going to have to pass and catch a few balls in the backfield. But, yeah, I mean, Chase Edmonds coming back. Who knows what's going to happen with DJ. You just don't know. That that backfield is a complete mess. I would assume, even with Edmonds coming back, that it could be 60-40 Drake. But that's not enough, really, to get me all ex- get me that excited. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. What about on the Rams side of things, rank the wide receivers? Is it? I mean, well, not cop. We know cop. Woods and Cooks. Who do you like more? Woods, Cooks. Is Cooks even in the conversation for being startable, Brad? Uh, yeah, just because they're playing Arizona. So, but and his name is Brandon Cooks. Because this is what I said in the ranking show, Brad. Is if you took the name off the jersey, nobody's even probably rostering him in most leagues. No, and I, I think, I think there's, you know, he, he was out several games, had some, you know, concussion issues. He had a week to come, you know, kind of get back, get acclimated against a really good defense uh, in a really bad game flow. So um, I'm going to say that that he at least is better this week than he was last week. You can't play okay. him over Woods. I mean, 20 targets for Woods over the last two games. Yeah, not no. Woods is definitely higher. I, I'd All potentially right. even put Woods over Cup right now. It's a get right game mm. back for Cup. It's a get right one. That's yeah. That's gonna be. I hope so. One. I've got him. Every <laughs> and you have. Year. I mean, it's, you might have better options. Maybe I don't know if you do, but you kind of. This is another one. The Todd really. We're getting a lot of these at this point of the season where it's like you just kind of have to start them. As as frustrating as it might have been. So, Chargers at Broncos. I mean, do we even have questions in this game? I I actually like Philip Lindsay. Um, you know. Oh like, yeah, but. Everybody yeah. likes Philip Lindsay. Well, I mean, I, I haven't liked him a whole lot this year, to be honest, but I do like this matchup. I mean, his best game of the year came against the, came against the Chargers. I don't know who the heck is playing quarterback for Denver these days, but, um, for Philip Lindsay, I mean, just hand the ball off, turn over and hand it off, hand it off, hand it off, few catches. It's kind of the only guy I really like on Denver. This is your division. Anything you want to say, Brad, or do we want to move on to your game? Uh, no, let's move on to my game. All right. So what about, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys later. (laughs) Yeah, you were waiting for that, Chris. All right, Oakland at Kansas City. The running back is hopefully – look, this is – we're recording on Wednesday. This is before Thanksgiving. There's going to be hopefully something we hear by Friday. Let's go with this assumption because this seems like the most likely scenario, Brad. No Damian Williams, Daryl Williams, LaShawn McCoy. Are you on the Daryl train? Are you staying away because we don't know until it happens, or what are you doing? 
I, if I'm playing one of them, I'm playing Daryl Williams. Um, it, I, I don't want anything to How do with Lashawn McCoy. And you hate Lashawn uh, McCoy, don't you? I'd put him as an RB2. It. You don't if, like If Damian Williams is not playing, I've got Daryl as an RB2. What's your beef with Lashawn? Is it because he carries the football like a maniac? <laughs> no, I, like a I mean, maniac. <laughs> I just think I think in a lot of ways they're 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 kind of just salvage like kind of giving him a back seat right now. I don't know. And Daryl Williams has done nothing but produce when he's been given an opportunity. And I I think there's a chance coming off the bye that if Damian's not ready to go, that they give Daryl some run and and you know even save McCoy a little bit more. And and the Raiders defense sucks, so this is a really good opportunity for him. Yeah, it's such a it's just such a mess that backfield. I still like Shady the best out of everyone. Um and if there's no Damien, I'm gonna roll out Shady. I, I feel like he's gonna be the goal line back and I don't know. It's it's fifteen fantasy points. Why do you love LaShawn McCoy? <laughs> it's former Eagle, I think maybe that's I'm actually is. I'm with Brad. I'm going Daryl Williams if it's down to those two. I'm going for the, the two performances he had earlier this year as the backup. And with just about a dozen touches, actually all three times that he's had double digit touches, he scored double digit fancy points. So I would just roll for that. And I don't disagree necessarily that he, he'd be the goal line option, but LaShawn McCoy just, he looks not quite toast, but very close. By the way, I thought he looked good last time out. we did our decade teams. And we did ours uh, for the show with D'Angelo Williams. And for my running back, I said LaShawn McCoy. He said he wasn't even inside his top five for the decade. I thought that was disrespectful. Wow. I thought it was super disrespectful. Yeah, he's but, had some monster years. Oh. And you were talking about him a little bit last week, too. It was close. but yeah. it was, He left late. In the, didn't he leave? Didn't he play at all in the fourth quarter? Oh, probably not. Uh, McCoy, he, so, he was, there was some suspicion of concussion, but apparently he didn't have one. So. so one more question in this game, one more game after this. We'll have to remember to do Monday Night Football on the Monday show. Sorry, this is advanced notice. Plus, I mean, there's so much time between now and then with Thielen and everything for that game. So be patient, everybody. We'll talk about it on Monday. Reminder, Chris, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. All right, so Oakland side, Tyrell Williams, Darren Waller, volume, volume, volume. have been disappointing, but I say volume, volume, volume now because Hunter Renfro is out. Zay Jones is only in the mix. It's Tyra Williams and Darren Waller, do you just kind of have to put them in your lineup? Like, different names. These aren't the names of the jerseys of the guys were saying, all right, you know, Brandon Cooks, he's just getting respect because he's Brandon Cooks. But because of this game against Kansas City, whose defense admittedly has been playing pretty well as of late going into the bye, it's still the volume. You kind of have to find a way to get both of them in, at least as a wide receiver three and a tight end one. Yeah, I think I think you could feel pretty good about Waller with no Hunter Renfro like he talked about, and I think you just take the upside with Tyrell Williams. Yeah, if KC's going to score 30 points, which they probably will, you're going to have to throw the football. I know that's the plan. I feel like you guys are battling each other this week, like Josh Jacobs versus Kansas City. I'm, I'm intrigued to see how this is going to play <laughs> out for sure. I mean, you can run on KC, but if they do get behind the game, they're going to have to throw the football to Waller. Uh, not if that, te- not if that team Tyrell. shows up like last week. Oakland's, that Raiders team. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I think that, that was. Team, I'm pretty sure you know, they benched people in the third quarter. I'm pretty sure they just benched people to start that game. That was Yeah, miserable. it was, it's the classic look ahead. It, it clearly, I mean, and, and you got a West Coast team going over the East Coast, just snoozing to start. They were never in that game. And yeah, did Derek Carr get benched midway through the third quarter? I mean, it's like, yeah, let's just rest start our starters, all their starters. And, and look ahead to, it's clear what they were doing, uh, looking ahead to this matchup. Um, I think it's going to be an intriguing game. I don't think Oakland's going to win, but I think it's going to be a lot tighter than the, than the spread suggests. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Brad is trying to relax over vacation time. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. No, I, I mean, I, I'm not a, 
and, and granted, game flow had something to do with it, but the game flow could could be similar next week. And they they uh, you know used Jalen Richard a lot in the passing game last week, and I realized a lot of that was playing from behind. But that this was the concern for me at the beginning of the season was Josh Jacobs. They get a little bit behind, they stop using him, and they they had other games where they didn't do that this year, where they still ran him, and and now you don't know. Now you know after last week they completely stopped using him, and it made me you know concerned for like what is Jacobs. Use going to be going forward if they lose, you know, lose some games because the way they looked last week, you can't have confidence in them winning anything in the next, you know, three or four games. Yeah, I don't know what they know that we know they know. Oh, there you go. See, <laughs> yeah. Patriots at Texans to close things out. Coming back to this game, coming back to this game for basically only Patriots questions. We covered the Texans, so here are the Patriots questions. I know Brad, you hate them, so I'll let you go first because Brad, you know, you know, you're going to be all pissed off and negative. So we can maybe get Chris out of here on a positive note for Thanksgiving. On the Patriots side of things, Bahamas Sanu and Philip Dorsett assuming back. James White also in the conversation. So those three guys, confidence level is starting there because James White's coming off a miserable game. And yes, it was a miserable situation and it was a run heavy game for Sony Michelle. So do you get White back in there against the Texans? And then on the wide receiver side, would you start Sanu or Dorsett? Because a lot of people have that question. Uh, I would probably start Dorsett. Um, I don't like anybody coming off a high ankle sprain. So it's, I feel like they're never going to be. Uh, as effective in the first few games back. So I'll start Dorsett there. Uh, I would I would be confident playing James White as a flex, but I don't want to put him as an RB2. Yeah, I would agree with all that too. I mean, James White is <laughs> – it's amazing, isn't it, Jake, with New England Patriots? They're, they're running backs. So nobody was in on White. He was basically free. He probably won you championships. This year people are drafting him fairly early, and he's got one, two, three, four games of double-digit fantasy points. Like – I know he's he's not the guy to run between the tackles, but Houston's pretty strong against the run, so maybe he does catch a few passes instead of the backfield. Maybe he's a flex and a full-point PPR, but I have a really hard time wanting to start this guy. And I honestly think that he would just be on my bench this week. And I will I will lean Dorsett over Sanu, but it's pretty close. I don't like this New England offense at all. All right. That's it. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Make sure you're getting Chris at Chris Mini. Make sure you're getting Joe. No, no, Joe. That's the next show. Sorry, Brad. Oh, Brad at Brad Ziegler. Right. This, this is what you happens call when me you Joe take... if you want. Yeah. This is when you take, like four days into three and podcasts them all over the damn place and your Thursday podcast is on a Tuesday. And like, this is, this, it, I'm, I'm basically, what day is it? <laughs> Tuesday, the third day. Wednesday? That's what I'm on right now. Yeah. So, Brad's at Brad Ziegler. Make sure you go to theathletic.com slash the throwback, 40% off, all the athletic goodness over there, including, I have the Thanksgiving rankings, because what else am I going to do besides rank things? It's that only kid. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll be back on Monday. We love you guys. 